The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Good afternoon, and welcome to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Over the next hour, you'll learn how to see your true self in the midst of life's twists and turns. You'll be challenged to think outside of the box when it comes to the mysteries of life. Now, here's your host, Andrea Matthews. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Authentic Living Show. Today, we are so honored to have Ayanla Van Zandt here to talk to us about her latest book, Forgiveness, 21 Days to Forgive Everyone for Everything. Ayanla Van Zandt, New York Times bestselling author, host of the number one reality show on the OWN network, Ayanla Fix My Life, and frequent guest on Super Soul Sunday and Oprah's Life Class, is easily one of America's most profound spiritual leaders who empowers individuals all across the globe to live into the truest self. Her body of work spans over three decades and includes CDs, television, radio, and onstage performances, 15 published books, and five New York Times bestsellers, which have been translated into 23 languages. Iyanla's no-nonsense approach to helping others to live healthy and whole demonstrates her clear capacity for delivering the absolute truth with love. She warms our hearts while pushing us to grow. Today, we're going to get to talk with her about the purpose, the power, and the freedom of forgiveness. You're going to want to stay here for all of it, folks, so don't leave. This is what you've been waiting for, an answer to one of life's biggest questions. Welcome, Ilana, to the Authentic Living Show. Thank you for having me. I don't know if it's appropriate, but I want to apologize to you and your audience personally for not making the show last time. You know, I was on a a shoot that went long, but I am glad to be here today. Oh, and we are so glad to have you and totally understand and respect your wild, uh, amazingly busy and uh, uh, amazingly giving service that you offer us through your work. So we're very proud to have you here today. Yeah. So let's just jump right in there. Well, one of the things that my listening audience has heard from me often, and you may laugh at this, is that I have said that there are two F words. One of them is fault, and the other one uh, sometimes, although not always for sure, is forgiveness. Because yeah. so many times it's used as a mask for accepting the unacceptable or learning to tolerate the intolerable or a desire to be seen as a good person or a manipulative tool or a cover-up for what goes on inside of us that we really don't want to know. But what I love so much about your book is that you speak throughout of forgiving the self yeah. by getting to know what's in there and letting it just be what it is and then moving to self-forgiveness. So uh, tell us about that process, why you chose, why, how, how did you get to that particular kind of process? Mm. Well, one of the things that I've determined in my own life is you and, and it's an old saying. We've all heard it. You can't give what you don't have. <laughs> yeah. You know? And and no one is harder on you than you are on yourself. Now, here's the twist of that. You can't give what you don't have. So if you don't have forgiveness for yourself, it's going to be a challenge for you to offer it to someone else. The other The other thing is that 
when we, because we are so hard on ourselves, when we don't forgive ourselves our, our mistakes and our shortcomings, our foibles, I mean, we're crazy. And the average human being is just crazy, you know, <laughs> trying to get through everyday life. And we don't give ourselves permission to make a mistake, to have a bad day. And when we don't forgive ourselves for those things, we project it outward and we become brutal in our judgments and our treatment and our expectations, our demands, and our unforgiveness of other people. Mm-hmm. What we do in the world, Andrea, is an absolute reflection of how we treat ourselves within ourselves. That's the only issue most of us have, how you be with yourself, within yourself, as you're going through whatever it is you're going through. So I want to say that again. I'm not sure I can say it just like you said it, but that is so <laughs> profound. You, w- w- how we are in the world is how we are inside of ourselves. Absolutely. And the first person we deal with in ourselves is ourselves. Yeah. You know, you're, before you go out and somebody says to you, your butt looks fat in that dress, you have said it 60 <laughs> times. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's My exactly looks right. This dress. Oh, this dress is the dress is too small. <laughs> yeah, but it's too big. <laughs> yeah, those dressmakers, boy, we got to get them too. I we? know. <laughs> you know, oh, my jeans shrunk in the in the in the dryer. <laughs> you said right. that five times before someone says, "Are those jeans a little tight on you?" So we, particularly as women, I, I don't know that men have the same issue, but I know as women. We definitely have the issue of being harder on ourselves than we are on anyone else. And when we don't deal with that through forgiveness, when we don't give ourselves permission to make a mistake, we become brutal, almost terrorists in what, how we treat other people who make mistakes, who are human, who have shortcomings that cause upset in our lives. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, so we know that we have to reach inside of ourselves to to be able to forgive and do that work in general, just sort of in general, why is forgiveness so important? We live in a society that demands punishment. (laughs) I mean, I am a law and order addict. I have to have at least two shots a day of law and order. (laughs) And I go with those detectives as they're looking for the evidence and, and calling people out and, and, and we just live in a society where every mistake either demands or requires punishment. So when people make mistakes, when people make bad decisions or choices, when people behave badly, the first thing that pops into our mind is you've got to be punished. And we want the punishment more than we want the forgiveness. Here's my little cue that I always use. We are all born into this world forgiving and forgetting love. Forgiving love and forgetting or for receiving love. And whenever our love is disappointed, whenever it looks like love isn't there, whenever it looks like we aren't give, giving, receiving the love that we're getting, we want punishment. We don't want to give for the sake of love. So that's one of the things that makes forgiving so hard, so hard yeah. for us. Yeah, because that, that, that ego wants to hold on to that idea that, Oh, um, somebody else did us a wrong. Is that, That's right. Saying that right? Yeah. Yeah, and 
And the other part of it is we have this belief, this notion, this idea, this concept that forgiving someone is saying that what they did was okay, that you're okay Mm. with it, that it didn't hurt you, that you weren't disturbed, distressed, harmed by it. And that's not at all what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is a gift to yourself, because as you release the anger, the resentment, the bitterness, the upset, the hurt, the betrayal, as you release the energy of that, you have more energy for giving love and for receiving love. When you have toxic emotions buried inside of you that maybe you haven't dealt with or maybe you haven't allowed yourself to express, when you have that level of toxicity within your being, you're not available for giving or for getting love. So forgiving somebody uh, a bad behavior, a poor choice, a poor decision, is not for them. It's for you. <laughs> yeah, I see that completely. All right, one of the most important messages that you use throughout the book, and I've seen it on Fix My Life as well as on Oprah, you've said, regardless of how hard, challenging, frightening, or difficult an experience may be may seem, everything is just as it needs to be in order for us to heal and grow and learn. First, I want to know how you came to that truth, <laughs> because it is so profound. Yeah, how did I come to that? You know, I, I don't think it was like one Tuesday when the moon was full, I woke up and I knew the answer. <laughs> yeah, probably not. <laughs> I think it was, uh, let me give you a, a, a brief story if I could. Please. Before I did uh, Fix My Life, I did uh, a show on another network called Iyamla. It was a daytime strip talk show. It was what I thought was the manifestation of my dream. Uh, when I went to do that story, it meant that I had to leave the Oprah Winfrey show. Uh, I, and I did that, and I went and I, I did the show on, on the other network, lined up with these people who were uh, not really consciously aligned with who I am and what I was doing. Anyway, the show was very short-lived. There was a lot of discontent and disharmony. And one Friday they told me we're ending the show, and Monday I was unemployed, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and so when you are on a, a contract arrangement, you know, and, and, and it ends, you can't go get unemployment. So on Friday I was almost a millionaire, and on Monday I was unemployed, you know, with no wow. source of income. And I was very disturbed, I was angry, I was hurt, I was upset. And that happened in January. Well, in March, my oldest brother died. So that turned into a long, drawn-out process. And I always said to myself, wow, had I been doing this show, demands on me to do that show and to handle this would have just been insurmountable. Three months later, my sister died. And she left three children. I had to work through that. And again, I said, oh, my God, had I been doing that show, there would be no way I could handle this. In September of that same year, my oldest daughter was diagnosed with colon cancer. That turned into a 15-month process before she eventually made her transition. And that's when I knew it. I said, oh, my God. Maybe I didn't like the way it ended. Maybe I didn't like why it ended. But that show needed to end right when it ended. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So 
sometimes it's not until we get to the end of the chapter <laughs> that we recognize if things had not played out the way they did, if that had not happened, I would not have been able to do that. And what we have to know at all times, the universe is conspiring within itself to bring us what we needed to bring, what we need to know, and what we need to heal. Because my brother's death helped me heal the anger that I had toward the people firing me from the TV show. You know? mm-hmm. And then my mm-hmm. sister's death, and then my daughter's illness. So it wasn't until I had the whole picture. Here's a little antidote I'd like to offer the listening audience. Our roads in life curve for a reason. They curve because if we had to stand at the beginning of the road and look all the way down, it would be too much for us to take in. So God, spirit, life, the universe, however you hold it, makes the road curve so we only have to see a little bit at a time. So we should not make come or jump to conclusions when we come to a curve in the road. Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> it does. And I'm, I'm sure that if we, if we, all of us could look back and just kind of see from the from the hindsight, what you know, just like you just did, what we learned from any given experience. That doesn't mean to get that experience. Um, your that your brother or one of your other relatives had to die because so you could learn that. But no, it does no, mean no, that no, could, no, not yeah. at all. But what I learned in the process. The compassion of my own grieving taught me to forgive all of the ugly, nasty things I was thinking in my mind about those people. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> it really did. I couldn't hold both energies at the same time, you oh, know, yeah. because as brilliant as I was and as wonderful as I was, when my brother died, I, I was just cut off at the knees, and it brought me to a place of compassion. And we find compassion in our breaks. We don't find compassion when we're at the top of the mountain. Mountain It's when we're down in the valley in the breakdown. That's where we find and touch down into our compassion. So the, the, the things that said he didn't have to die, no, but he died because he was engaged in bad behavior. But the compassion I felt for his sons and his wife and myself and my family when he died is what led me to be able to forgive these people for what, for what I thought they had done to me when in truth they were just opening the way for everything mm-hmm. that was coming around mm-hmm. the curve. Yeah, you know, in the we just have uh, three or four minutes before the break, but I want to I want to touch on that just a little deeper. I know that um, one of the things that I've said, and you tell me if you agree with this, is that when we when we can get to the place where we look at an event and almost thank it for being what it was, that's mm-hmm. when we know we've gotten to forgiveness. Bless your difficulties, and they will go away quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bless your yeah. troubles and your challenges and your difficulties. It's when you talk about them and hold on to them and kiss them and lick them and moan, moan about them <laughs> that they have a tendency to hang around longer than is useful or necessary. Bless your difficulties. And the question to ask all difficulties is what am I learning here? Why mm-hmm. is this here? Why is it here? And I forgive myself for being upset about it. I forgive myself for being mad at the people involved. I forgive God for sending this to me when I think I can't handle it. Bless your difficulties and ask, what am I learning? Why is it here? 
Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So I think that's one of the the, the biggest uh, sort of foundations we have to have when we talk about forgiveness is what is our sort of universal philosophy with regard to what life is doing to us. Um, you know, and that's why that statement, regardless of how hard or challenging, frightening or difficult an experience may seem, everything is just in order for us to heal and grow and learn because it's so valid to recognize that we're that this that we're not here in this process by ourselves. There's some other energy that is uh, organizing and orchestrating events uh, in order that we can bump into them at the right time, synchronistically, in the right place to to heal the right wounds. with the understanding, the awareness, the acknowledgement, I'm not a victim. Mm -hmm. Everything that comes into my life comes by energetic invitation in order for me to heal and grow and learn and live my purpose and potential. I'm not a victim. Mm -hmm. Energetic uh, invitation. Energetic invitation. Yeah, say just a little bit more about that. What does that mean? When there's something that we have to learn, when there's something that we need to grow through, events will come to us in response to that learning need, that healing need, that growing request or requirement. One of the things that I've learned is some of the hardest things that I went through when I got to the other side, what I recognized was I prayed for this. Mm. (laughs) I said, show me this, help me that, why this and why that, and and I'm making a prayer, and then it comes, I heal through it, I go through it, I grow through it, and at the end I said, oh, my God, that was the answer to the prayer. I didn't even recognize it. So the energy of what we need to learn, what we need to heal, how we need to grow, what we want to accomplish that we hold within ourselves will manifest and call forth experiences, situations, and circumstances that will meet the need to heal, grow, and learn. There it is. There it is. All right. We're going to hold on to that thought, and we're going to take a break for just a minute. We'll be back in just a few minutes with more from Ayanla Van Zant. Stay tuned. You don't want to miss any of this. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Are you dealing with a personal loss in your life? It can be just about anything, such as the loss of a partner through death or separation, something significant of value to you, the loss of a pet, or maybe something is missing in your health or wealth. Tune in to Healing from Loss with Brenda B. Host Brenda Blindenbaugh and co-host Monique McDonald are here to help you transform the loss in your life from pain to joy and move forward. Listen live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. When you learn to see things from a spiritual perspective, it changes the way you see virtually everything in your life. Listen for Dr. Paula Joyce and her program, Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit. Our program will help you get rid of the negative aspects of your life and invite love, joy, and prosperity into your life. Turn that negative feeling into a positive one. Tune in to Uplift Your Life, Nourishment of the Spirit, every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Hello, we're back again talking today with Ayanla Van Zant about forgiveness. You know, most of you know that Authentic Living Show is sponsored by the American Institute of Holistic Theology. Well, today, the college has a very special announcement to make. We're announcing the opening of our 2014 curriculum, which many of you will find extremely interesting. We've changed things around to offer you a greater variety of programs and more in-depth work in the courses of study you choose. You already know that you can get a master's, doctorate, or a ministerial bachelor's degree at AIHT, but now at the doctoral level, we offer not only the Ph.D. in all of our programs, but we offer a doctor of ministry degree in all of our programs as well. And in the holistic theology program, you can get a doctor of theology degree. But that's not all. The programs themselves has changed also. Now you can get a degree in holistic theology, holistic health, holistic ministries, and two new programs, metaphysics and parapsychology. But that's still not all. Now we have decided, added, excuse me, added more depth to your education by offering a greater number of courses that start at the introductory level and move all the way to the advanced level. So, for example, in the Holistic Theology program, you can take Judaism 1, 2, and 3 with each level offering a greater depth of understanding. Or in our Parapsychology program, you can take Psychic Skills 1, 2, and 3. And those are just a few of the examples. You can get the whole picture by going to www.aiht.edu. Or if you'd like to talk directly to our admissions director, call Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. What's most important to AIHT's model is the exploratory nature of studies that reach to the depths of all the world's religions, traditions, and paths, and even to transcend them to find the mystical core of them all in order to facilitate your own journey to your own authentic spirituality. Utilizing as your text writing teachers, spiritual experts from all over the world, the coursework allows students to explore and find their own spiritual experience and path, as well as to become credentialed to bring their own unique gift to the world. So AIHT is changing the world one student at a time. Want to know more? Go to www.aiht.edu or contact Admissions Director Beverly Love at 800-650-4325. Again, that's 800-650-4325. You know, Oprah says education is the key to unlocking the world, a passport to freedom. Call and get your passport today. So we're here today talking with uh, one of Oprah's frequent guests, uh, Ayanla Van Zant about her book, Forgiveness, 21 Days to Forgive, Everyone for Everything. And I am really enjoying talking to her, and I hope that you guys are really enjoying listening to her. I'm sure she has so much more yet to share with us. 
So I wanted to ask before uh, we, we one of the things about the book is that you've been talking Ilana, about um, uh, forgiveness, but you've put that together in this really wonderful way with tapping. So, what is tapping? Tell us about emotional freedom technique. The easiest way to describe it is it's needleless acupuncture that you conduct on yourself. You know, there's an ancient giant, um, ancient Asian med- medical practice called acupuncture where needles are in- inserted in various areas of your body to help the energy move through when it gets stuck. Because blocked energy not only creates physical dis-ease, it creates emotional and spiritual dis-ease. So tapping emotional freedom technique um, is a process that teaches you how to tap on various sensitive areas of your body where negative emotional energy may be, could be, probably is stuck as a result of experiences that you've had and unforgiveness that you may hold. So I put it in uh, tapping, I put it in the forgiveness book because in my own experience, I have moved a lot of energy, changed my mindset, and eliminated pimples (laughs) Uh (laughs) with tapping, (laughs) went and got trained in it. Became a master in it so that uh, I'm a spiritual technology uh, uh, technician. So I believe that we have the power to heal at our fingertips, not only through our intimate connection to source or God, but also in the way we handle and treat ourselves. So this is a self-healing technique, and it's about moving energy through your body, through your soul, out into the universe, where it would do a lot more good. Mm, okay, beautifully said. So, when you decided, what was the when you decided to put it together with forgiveness work? How did you see that sort of coalescing? Because very often people will say, "I forgive you," but they haven't given themselves permission to have the full experience of all of the emotions. So, you know, your husband cheats on you, and you don't want to end your 20-year marriage, so your mind will say, I forgive you. But in your body, in your heart, in your liver, in your lungs, you're still holding, he betrayed me, I can never trust him again, he he, he do it again, and you become suspicious and, and over-vigilant and or hyper-vigilant about everything, and you beat him down, beat him up, or her, it could be your husband, it could be your girl, your wife or your girlfriend, it could be anybody, because feelings buried alive never die. They're stuck inside of us. They may be between your toes or in your armpit or, you know, in your right. kneecap. And that then becomes a physical dis-ease. So I know how often people say, I forgive, but I don't forget. Well, then you haven't forgiven. Because it's not that you'll forget the experience, but when you truly forgive, you hold it differently. You hold it differently, and you don't have that little caveat of, I forgot, I won't forget. Um, I ended a 40-year relationship, 40 years, okay? (laughs) I want to say that again. I ended a 40-year relationship as a result of infidelity. And 
in that process, I was crazy, crazy in rage. I was, I wanted vengeance. I wanted blood. <laughs> I have to yeah. tell the truth. That's the way it works. Yeah. And by doing my own forgiveness work, two things happened. Number one, all of that energy that I was focusing on him, it eventually became, became clear to me that I needed to forgive myself for staying 40 years in a relationship that I knew had been dead for 15 years. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had to forgive myself for allowing fear to keep me someplace that wasn't serving me. I had to forgive myself for um, settling for less than I wanted or needed or deserved. I had to forgive myself. I didn't get to that until I started forgiving him. You know, as I forgave him and became more and more willing to forgive him, things started getting clearer to me and clearer to me. And I saw my own role and complicity in the experience. Not that he went out and had an affair. That's, That's not what I was complicit in. That was his choice. But I had to really look at, okay, what are you really upset with? And I have to tell you, honestly, the bottom line for me that I came to through forgiveness was that he left first. Ah, <laughs> uh, there it is. I can't tell you how many times I hear that. Yep. I only got there through forgiveness, though. And for the first uh, two years after we separated and divorced, you couldn't even mention his name in my presence. And now... If I want to know something, if I need something picked up, or if I want him to do, I'll just pick it up and call him and talk to him and his wife. It don't matter to me anymore. Because when you truly forgive, you do forget the pain. You forget it. And you hold the experience differently in your body. What he taught me was how never to settle for less than what I want. And you know what? I am so grateful for that lesson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a big one. That's a that's one of the biggest ones I think we can get. It, it, not just in terms of relationship, but in terms of life in general, to not settle for less than what we really want. Yeah, and we do out of habit. We do out of fear. We do out of just not being present in our own lives. And then when people disappoint us, or when circumstances don't live up to our expectations, we get mad at everybody else, God included. And I do a very compassionate, I think, a very compassionate and necessary um, treatment in forgiveness about forgiving God, because so many of us do not have the nerve to say, I'm pissed off with God. We just mm-hmm. don't have the nerve to say it, because we, Grandma told you it wasn't right, and you can't be, that you can't say that, and that's not good, and, and you know, our own internal dialogue about who and what God is. But so many of us, you know, as as a, a, a someone that experienced sexual abuse, I was mad at God. Mm-hmm. As someone that lost a child, I was mad at God. I really was. 
And it wasn't until I gave myself permission. That's another big thing I hope the audience is getting. Give yourself permission to tell yourself the truth about how you feel and then forgive yourself for all the stories you made up when you were lying to yourself. Absolutely. Thank you so much for saying that. I think that that right there is why f- forgiveness sometimes goes into the F word category because yeah. we, we just don't really do that work. And that's what is so beautiful about your book. And I, I just want to thank you again for writing it because you not only allow the person to go in and really assess their own feelings and assess sounds like too, too intellectual, really feel their own feelings, but also to, to, to rate it by intensity when they keep going back with the tapping and the forgiving, forgiving and, and to rate the intensity level at the end of each exercise so that not only does that put the person in charge, but it makes the person have to tune in all the time to what's going on inside, what's mm-hmm. going on inside. And it just keeps the person focused on what's going on inside. And that is just so beautifully done. It, it gives them, not only puts them in charge, but it gives them a measuring tool. And, and the good thing is, you know, you can read the book and do the written exercises without the tapping. And, and you'll still get some relief. Tapping was just a, almost a bonus. Uh, of what you can do and what you can experience. Um, But even the written exercises, when you start looking at, and here are the three things for for the audience to know. We don't look at what people did and what they said. We look at what you thought about it, what you believe about it, and how you judged it, because those are the three areas that get us stuck. My thoughts, my beliefs, which is a thought fueled by an emotion, and my judgments. That's the right, wrong, good, bad, should, shouldn't. So we look at that, not looking at what the person did or what happened or how it happened. We look at what did you think about that? What did you think about the fact that you were you experienced sexual abuse? What did you believe about the fact that your boyfriend, husband, lover, wife cheated on you? And how do you judge people as a result of what you have experienced? Because that is where the energy gets stuck. It doesn't get stuck in the actual event. It gets stuck in our internal dialogue about it. And those are the things that we have to forgive. Absolutely. That. Thank you for saying that. That's the, Yeah. The, the work is all about what's going on inside of you, how you perceive those events and how yeah. you perceive those people. and. I love what you said about God too, forgiving God too, because I think that whether you, like 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 you said earlier, whether you call it God, God a life divine, whatever you call that, it is uh, uh, the life force itself, and we have these fantasies about how life is supposed to be, and and it just often isn't, and then we're shocked and and surprised and angry that how could it not meet my fantasy at the level of my fantasy right <laughs> you know i, I, I had this idea you know right. it's uh, there's a there's a, a scripture that says um that we are made in god's image and likeness and as human beings we have a tendency to think that god is made in our image and likeness we oh, think, yeah. believes like we believe, and do like we believe, do what we do, and it's just not true. So when things don't come out, and here's another question that I, I get very, very often for people. Well, why would God let this happen? Mm, that's the wrong question. Yeah? yeah? 
that's the wrong question to ask. God is not letting anything happen. For those who are biblically familiar, on the seventh day, God rested. So everything that God is going to do, God has done. And what's happening is all that God has given us, we are now utilizing it and being involved in it and being a a part of it. And the essence and the energy that is God is still active within us. So it's not that God let this happen. Nature has its, its way of being and life has its way of being and people have their way of being. And sometimes when all of those things converge, it looks like a very bad thing, and we blame that on God. And very often we won't admit it. You know, if you're talking tsunami, you're talking hurricane, that's, that's how life is. That's nature. We can't blame God because 300 and however many people died in, as a result of a tornado. Nature is nature. Sometimes you get a cold, you get the flu, you get gas. <laughs> Nature yeah. is the same way. Absolutely, and that that uh, the the ideal version we have of our lives. It's it's you know we, I I only have just a few uh, about thirty seconds left before the break, but I want to say if if we offer forgiveness in the area of of life, it really settles us down to sort of a deeper peace with who we are. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a way of us being able to really just be okay with being. And uh, so, yeah, this book is so helpful with regard to that. Okay, well, uh, we're going to take another break now, and we'll come back to talk with Ayanla Van Zant some more. So don't miss it. We'll be right back. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Step into the doorway to conscious choice, greater health, and well-being. Attain the balance that you've been seeking. Tune in and turn on 1111 Talk Radio. Feed the mind. Embrace positively. Release the tension. Step out of fear. Host Simran Singh will help you broaden your mind and open your heart toward a greater understanding of how to take charge of your life. 1111 Talk Radio is here every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. 1111 Talk Radio. Because shift happens. Being Outside the Box is your thrival guide to living outside this reality. Are you always waiting for your ship to come in? Do problems happen to you? What if you created your life rather than sitting by waiting? Do you live in the fantasies of this reality? Winning the lottery? Waiting for your prince, princess to come? Even being healthy? Do you always do what is expected of you rather than choosing for you? What if the rules didn't apply? And what if you could thrive from a different space? Join host Lynn Waldrop for tools to being outside the box. Listen Thursdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on 7th Wave. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness.
You're listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. We want to hear from you. If you have a question or comment about today's show, call in now, toll free, 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You can also send your questions or comments by email to Andrea at andreamatthewslpc.com. Now, back to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Welcome back to the Authentic Living Show. You know, I want to tell you about uh, Oprah's Super Soul Sunday coming up this next weekend. She's going to sit down with best-selling author Sue Monk Kidd, author of the latest selection from Oprah's Book Club 2.0, The Invention of Wings, to explore the soulful and uplifting journey of this prolific and beloved writer. And right after that, Oprah and Eckhart are going to continue their discussion of Eckhart's book, A New Earth, in Chapter 4, Role Playing, The Many Faces of the Ego. They're going to talk about how defining yourself by the roles that you play in your life can keep you from knowing who you truly are. So here's those clips. Sunday. Author of Oprah's latest book club 2.0 selection, a bestseller for 11 weeks and counting, Sue Monk Kid. Spirituality and creativity have always been linked for me. She's a literary phenomenon, but almost wasn't. You were at first told, no potential to be a novel. How to listen to your soul's deepest desire. Did you feel out of alignment being a nurse? We become what we pay attention to. That is a tweet, tweet. Super Soul Sunday. All new, Sunday, 11 a.m., 10 central. Only here. All right. Well, we are talking, as you know, to Ayala Van Zant, feeling so good about our discussion today about forgiveness. And uh, we just have a little bit more time before we have to end our show. I think I could talk with you forever, Ayala, but I, we're, we're going to have to get some more information out there now. One of the things that you've done, it, it, you mentioned that uh, forgiving God was one of the things you put in the book, but also forgiveness around body image, around mother-father issues and money issues and uh, your own feelings and choices. You cover all the areas of concern in our lives, some of which most of us wouldn't even think about adding forgiveness to. Why is it that offering forgiveness, for example, in the area of a body image issue is helpful to us? <clears throat> When I turned maybe 42, maybe in my 40s, my early 40s, I woke up one morning and I had a lump of cellulite. (laughs) (laughs) Forgive me, I just cracked my own self up. And and let me tell you, as spiritually as I could, I cussed that lump of cellulite. And it didn't listen to me. It invited friends. cousins (laughs) (laughs) and cousins <laughs> <laughs> and before you know it the, the cellulite was everywhere and it the thoughts about it you know i couldn't wear this i couldn't go there oh my god the bathing suit the summer the blah, blah, blah. and one day you know really in prayer and meditation it came to me bless your legs and the first thought that came up was no i got cellulite bless your legs no my, my thighs are horrible bless your legs because you have them Oh, my God, what an awareness that we are in this life able to walk and talk and move and create and recreate, to live, to love, to laugh, to cry, to to engage in the lovely little things that bring us joy, whether it's chocolate cake or ice cream. And what we sit around and do is the vehicle 
that makes it possible for us to have the myriad of experiences we hold negative thoughts about it. I would love, I so love my legs. I'll take them with the cellulite rather than give them up. So I have to forgive myself for the damning, damaging, unconstructive, unkind, unloving things I have held in thought, belief, and judgment about my body. Because without it, I would never have the pleasure of having another cup of coffee ice cream. (laughs) I love it. That's great. (laughs) Yes. Yes, indeed. Absolutely. Yeah, living life involves just taking the risk to, to, to be in the body, you know, yeah. absolutely, yeah. Well, all right, let's talk about money. The, how is it that forgiveness increases our chances to receive without doing anything, which is one of the things you say in the book. I love that. One of my favorite teachers, John Randolph Price, wrote a book many years ago called uh, The Abundance Book. And in that book, he introduced the concept that money, M-O-N-E-Y, represents my own natural energy yield, meaning it's my own energy that brings to me um, everything that I can do and have and experience with and about money, my own natural energy. So my thoughts about money, my beliefs about money, my judgments about money, And all of us have a money story. We got it growing up. Oh, there's not enough money. Oh, we can't afford that. Oh, that's cost too much. Oh, you shouldn't waste your money like that. Don't waste your money. You got to work hard to get money. We have all of these stories and beliefs that set up a paradigm in our consciousness about money, wealth, abundance. You know, as a person of color, for example, as an African-American woman, my grandmother was half African-American, half Native American. And she grew up as a housekeeper for very wealthy people. And, and she was a phenomenal cook, so she grew up as a housekeeper and a cook. And she came home with stories about, oh, goodness, I'm talking in the late 40s, early 50s, about how these people treated her. And it took me a long time to realize that I grew up with the belief, with the money story, that rich people are mean. Mm-hmm. They're mean. So you know what? I never wanted to be rich. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I did not want to be wealthy because I didn't want to be mean. Because I also had a conflicting story that I got to be a nice girl. So when we have these beliefs about money, when we have experiences about money, when we have money programs running, we have to forgive the thought, the belief, the judgment of ourselves, our relationship with money, of people with money. We have to forgive that. How many of us have a a negative story about Bill Gates, about Mm -hmm. Oprah Winfrey? And what they should be doing. Oh, and all these rich people, why don't they end poverty? Why don't they feed the starving children in Africa and Brazil? We all, we all have stories. Mm-hmm. Forgive them so that you can open your way to be abundant. So forgiven the story itself and the fact that you've believed it. Yes. Absolutely. Beautiful. Uh, one of the things you, the things that you say over and over again in the book, I forgive my mind, I forgive myself for believing, I forgive myself for judging. These are the doors that I see as you're using to open the heart to itself. And you use a, a Course in Miracles statement, everything I do to my brothers, I do to myself. Yeah. Everything I, yes, that, that's so powerful. Can you say something about how simply believing that makes forgiveness so much more possible? 
everybody may not believe this or understand it, but I believe that there's only one mind, divine mind. There's only one life, divine life. There's only one spirit, the divine spirit, by the hundreds of thousands of names that it is called and known. And that each of us is a part of that mind, a part of that life, a part of that spirit. It's like you can't pour uh, oil into the ocean and not affect every part of the ocean. So if we're all in the one mind, the one life, the one spirit, what I do to you out there, over there, thinking I'm separate, I'm actually doing to myself. I'm doing it within this one mind, one life, one spirit. So when we hold unforgiveness towards someone, when we refuse to forgive someone, when we refuse to just love someone, actually what we are doing is we are refusing to forgive, to love, and to honor ourselves because we're all in the same mind, the same life, the same spirit. Our eyes and our minds and our egos tell us that we're separate. We are unique and distinct expressions, but there's only one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yes, I couldn't agree more, and I think that's so profound because once we do that, it just opens that door to just go, oh, well, we're the same. I'm not really that different. They're not really that more more horrible <laughs> than me, and, and, I, and I can, you know, really begin to sort of tamp down that ego that wants to say, well, now they owe me, you know, that thing. Yes. Yeah. And I think that... The other thing that uh, forgiveness does is it sensitizes us to our own human frailties and weaknesses. Mm. You know, I mean, people have done abominable things in life. They don't do it. They don't get up in the morning and say, let me just destroy somebody's life by doing something wicked and evil. You know, Mm -hmm. I think people do what they do based on who they are and the information they have at the time. And who they are may be broken and wounded and damaged. Who they are may be out of balance. Who they are may be spiritually or emotionally or psychologically diseased. And these behaviors that they demonstrate are a function of those diseases. But when we learn to forgive ourselves and when we offer one another forgiveness, I believe that it is a sign and a demonstration that we're saying, okay, we're all human here. We're all in the same boat. We just got different paddles. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, I have in my own life, and I'm sure you, you can say this, at times, done things that had I been thinking about it or had I really known, I would have never, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. committed the act that I did. Absolutely. In a moment of weakness, in a moment of fear, in a moment of upset, I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have done that. So if I can make a mistake, if I can demonstrate bad behavior, what makes me think every other human being isn't capable of the same thing? Mm -hmm. Your mother? Your mother was a woman. She was a little girl before she was your mother. Your father? He was a, a man. He was a boy before he was your father. Do you know where he's broken and wounded in need of growing, healing, learning, and and love? 
Yeah. So that's very how well I said. about it. <laughs> yeah, very well said. Very well said. I think that's really so true. And and what you said about being able to do that same thing for yourself with regard to, you know, turning that thing around. Well, if they can do that, well, I can also do that. I can also make mistakes. So we can t- flip that on either way, either side of that and still come up with the same information. Yes. Yeah. Well, there are so many really powerful stories in this book, some of your own and some contributed by others. When you think about powerful stories of forgiveness, what's the first one that comes to mind for you? Mm. I would have to say it really was forgiving my ex-husband for betraying me or what I thought was betrayal, for an act of betrayal with someone that I knew. I think that would be the most powerful story yeah. because the person he eventually ended up with and married was someone that I knew. Mm. And on every level, <laughs> that was just mind-boggling to me. It mm-hmm. was mind-boggling. And what I realized was they didn't plan it and... um. You know, I mean, there's so many things I can say about it. I know we're running out of time, but what I can say about it was, in the end, I loved him enough to be happy for him that she made him happy. Mm. Now, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a big transition. And and that's the miracle. Don't, I know you, you're going to say the same thing. That's the miracle that is... is, is the result of the process of forgiveness that yeah. just seems so profound that you can be over here and then do the work and then you're in this completely opposite place yeah. emotionally. And it's just so profound that you can see that drastic of a change inside yourself. Yeah. yeah. It, it, was, it was completely, it caught me off guard. <laughs> oh, yeah. It, and it has caught me off guard uh, uh, yeah. in my own life, too. I look back at a particular incident which i won't go into a lot but it was a really bad negative awful terrible no good boss that i had that was <laughs> you know one of those that uh but i look back today and i am very grateful to him literally for all the things that i learned about myself and about life in general from him from those experiences mm-hmm. yeah so I, a, I, you get there and when you get there through forgiveness when you get there and you can look at an experience and be grateful for it when you get there. And you can look at people you thought you just wanted to, you know, gun down in the middle of the mall. <laughs> and you experience that lightness and that love and that compassion. What happens is you see everything differently. And that's why I said forgiveness opens your heart. Forgiving love and forgetting love. First yourself and then for everybody else. It's a gift that you give to yourself. And it is not an intellectual discourse. It's not something that your ego wants to engage. It is not something that you may ever see the result of. Let me, let me just say this very quickly. Because most people think if they forgive somebody, the person should change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, that's another they magical never change. thing. But if you forgive them, you are free to choose how to be in relationship with them. And and Mm -hmm. you get to choose. 
And if they don't change and what they do is continuing to affect or impact you or other people, then you get to choose. I love you, I forgive you, and I'll see you once a week on Tuesday if it's an odd day of the month and the moon is full. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or I may choose to love you from a distance. Yeah, you may, you may do that. Yeah. You may absolutely do that. But don't think that because you forgive somebody, they have to change. Nothing could be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. That's another one of those things that puts it in that F-word category. Yeah. It just says, yeah, this is a bargain I'm making with the universe to get that other person to change. Yeah. Well, Iyanla, I like I said, I could talk with you forever. And I, I love talking with you, and, and you've offered so much warm wisdom to us about real down-to-earth living, and I, I just so appreciate you being here to share that with us, and I really want to encourage the listening audience to go out and buy this book, read it, do the work. It's called Forgiveness, 21 Days to Forgive Everyone for every Everything. Do the work. It, it, it promises to really pay off. Yeah, and I want to say to the audience, do yourself a favor and investigate the programs and the offerings of AIHT. Just do yourself that favor because you can listen to me talk forever, but if you don't do the work and if you don't develop the skills to do the work, if you don't have the tools to do the work, then you are not serving yourself well. So investigate those programs and sign up for one. How about that? (laughs) Wonderful. Yes, thank you so much for saying that. All right. Well, we're out of time for today. And remember that uh, next week we're going to be back again next week to talk some more about how you can become a more authentic person. And remember, your job, should you choose to accept it, is to give birth to yourself. Thanks again for listening to Authentic Living with Andrea Matthews. Join us again next Wednesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time, here on the 7th Wave Network. We'll talk again next week.